Most of movie making, to me, is a bunch of sweaty people out working hard. But I've learned that if I stop once in a while and look around and notice with a miracle eye, that I do see miracles. I've seen them on all of my films. This is In Good Faith, listening to first-person experiences of faith and belief. On In Good Faith, it's our privilege to hear stories and accounts from believers told in their own words. Our hope is to listen with an open heart, celebrating the power of faith and belief and what those stories mean to the ones who tell them. This is Heather Bigley, senior producer of In Good Faith, with a special bonus episode. A few weeks ago, Steve spoke with T.C. Christensen, a local filmmaker who specializes in movies about miracles and faith. T.C. Christensen is a member of the American Society of Cinematographers and has worked as the director of photography on Disney's IMAX film Roving Mars and the National Geographic film Lewis and Clark. He also has directed over 26 films, including 17 Miracles, The Cokeville Miracle, and his latest film, The Fighting Preacher. Here's Steve with TC discussing his film, 17 Miracles. Miracles are positive. And when I got thinking at some point in my teen years that I was going to do this as a living, I thought I need to come down on a positive side with filmmaking because there's really, even at that time and maybe even more now, there's a lot of negative, make you feel bad, (laughs) drag you through the mire kind of projects that are out there that we can all watch. And I wanted to be on the positive side. The essence of drama is conflict. So I want to have conflict. And what can get you out of that conflict in a redeeming way is a miracle. I think it's just a natural thing that I kind of felt led to and wanted to show that type of a film. Mm. Have you learned something about miracles from having Mm. to not just hear about them, but analyze them and think, how am I going to put this on the screen? Well, let me tell you an introduction I had thinking about doing some miraculous type subject matter for films is I was the director of photography on the church film, uh, The Testaments, an LDS church film, uh, The Testaments of One Fold and One Shepherd. And I loved doing that film. And one of the sections in that was the Savior healing people. And I felt like when I watched that film with audiences, that's when the audience really hooked into that film. And I thought, yeah, that's something about that. I want to be doing some of that in my films as well. One of the things I learned early on is that about miracles is that what one person sees as a miracle, somebody else will just go, that's happenstance or coincidence or whatever. If you're taking what people have shared and experienced as their actual life and trying to figure out how how do you portray that and thread that needle of finding a way to respect that this was their actual experience and yet show it to us as viewers from outside? Well, you found the number one th- criteria for me is I only do true ones. I don't make up miracles. Mm-hmm. And to me, that puts it in a whole different category because you you can make up a story and, oh, and then this happened and then the angel came to the door and – But if it's not true, I don't think it works at all on the same level as if someone says, this was my experience, and I had it, and it was a miracle. Okay. 
I want to start with the miracle right here in the film. Yeah, this is Elizabeth Cunningham, who we we introduce as being a member of the LDS Church, but she's also a little bit in trouble because she has an abusive husband. She has two children, and uh, she's decided now that she's going to leave him and make it to Zion. This is 1856. She gets on the train, and here's what happens. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm sorry to be a bother, but my husband has threatened to kill me and is now here on the train. My dear, you must call for the constable. He's right there. Oh, please don't look. What can I do? directly at me and his own children and did not recognize one of us. What just happened? A miracle. That's a pretty good miracle, if you ask me. That's pretty good. She's sitting there with her kids and her husband walked down, looked right in their face and just kept going. And hence she was able to take them away from him and get to Zion. And we know about this because she wrote about it. She told her grandchild about it years later. Mm. Yeah. Very few of these people that I dealt with in this Pioneer film wrote it, especially not during that time because it was the least of their concerns. It was later in their life when these kind of things came out. Mm. And then the second thing I try to do with these miracles involves pacing. And the pacing means that I don't, in a film like this, just show miracle, 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 a joke, you know, and then miracle, miracle, miracle. It has to be mixed in between other things or it becomes almost mundane. And then the third thing is that I need the audience to care about these people. I very seldom would just introduce a character and a miracle happens. They have gotten to know them and so they care about them on some level. And then the fourth thing is that I go to a really an extent to try to make the audience never be nervous that I'm going to belittle this in some way. Hmm. I want them to feel like I'm a believer, I'm one of them, I'm on their side and they can sit back and relax and watch. I thought it was interesting. You talked about pacing. But also, you've done some interesting things with the music, for instance, just the tension there. Mm-hmm. And and the music, really, if there's a fifth one, it's the music for what I do with a miracle, I think. You know, music has the ability to lift a scene and take it somewhere it never would, or it has the ability to squash it, too, if it's wrong and it doesn't do what you're wanting it to do. I do a few things to try to get the actor that's working with me to portray a miracle in what I hope is a good, positive way. During the silent era, when films were being shot and there was no recording going on, 
very often directors would have an orchestra to the side playing the music that they wanted to create the mood for that scene. Hmm. Well, I've had a few miracles that I was portraying that are silent. There's no dialogue going on. And I have played music while we film it. And it has elevated the scene. And I tell you, it was the most... I I couldn't see through the viewfinder as we filmed a lot of that because I was so tearful what I felt and what I saw that they were feeling. When you've tried to portray these the way you want and respectfully and all of these elements, have you ever felt like, ah, we didn't get that one right? Oh, I'll tell you, I'm going to quote Woody Allen. He said, movie making is every day you get on the set, a dump truck shows up and dumps a load of compromises. And that is that for <laughs> sure, that is movie making. I would never in any circumstance kind of even act like I get it right and I stay until it's over and because it's one compromise after another mm. when you're making a film, mainly to do with time. When we've had some that are not working, I keep trying other things and change a line. I've given a line to a different actor instead of the actor that was supposed to say that line. And then in editing, that final placement of what happens where and when do you cut to the other person and is there an overlapping sound and how long do you hold? All these things that shape a character and also shape the miracle. You grew up believing in miracles. Oh, yeah. We had miracles in our family and always talked about miracles uh, growing up. That was part of life. Have you ever had cause to think, well, maybe we just decided to talk about it that way? And you mentioned happenstance before. Because it seems like there is this certain things happen and we have, you might call it a moment of faith or a leap of faith. How do I decide how I feel about or interpret this event? To speak to that, I, I can tell you I've had, with that film, 17 Miracles, I've had people tell me, we sat as a family and went through it and looked at the miracles in the film, and I think you're wrong of 17. We counted 30. <laughs> and I've had others who have said, I'll give you four, maybe five. That's it. But see, it's just that broad specter of of what you bring to it. Some people, I think it was Albert Einstein said, uh, you can look at life in one of two ways, mm. as if everything is a miracle or as if nothing's a miracle. So the viewer is bringing <laughs> a lot of baggage when they're seeing a f- film about miracles. The movie 17 Miracles deals with 1856. It's the westward migration of the Mormon people, the Latter-day Saints. And instead of the Conestoga wagons we all remember and have seen on on all the TV shows, some of the groups that were less well-off used handcarts. And actually, of the 10 companies, most of them got there faster, and it was a great thing. But, But some of these, for various reasons, left later in the season and faced some real hardships. And that's where this next miracle comes in. Yes, you set this up. It's Anne Rowley and her children, and they uh, have not only endured the physical trials of pulling that hundreds of pounds handcart, and without a man, hmm. she and her children, and besides that, they're starving. 
they just don't have the food to keep their bodies working at a top level. And here it comes. Surely two odd biscuits are not enough to feed eight people. But five loaves and two fishes were not enough to feed 5,000 people either. We know that through thy power, what is small and weak may become great and significant. family did not go to sleep, hungry. He is watching over us. So we hear that they have just a few biscuits, and, and where does the story go from there? It was just two little sea biscuits that they'd given them on the ocean, and that she f- forgot she had them. They were hard as a rock. But when the music swells, you heard there, she has opened the lid, and after heating them, cooking them up over the fire, it just is overflowing, coming out of the cooking pot. And for the first time, they can have an actual meal in, in several weeks. That's a miracle. That's a pretty good miracle, I'd say. TC, do you still see miracles in your life? Or have you tuned into that now? Do you Are you Albert Einstein seeing everything as a miracle now? Oh, most of movie making, I'll take from that point of view, to me is a bunch of sweaty people out working hard. But I've learned that if I stop once in a while and look around and notice with a miracle eye that I do see miracles, I've seen them on all of my films. I keep a file on my computer of different things that have happened that, to me, are miraculous. And I would never try to convince someone else, yes, it was, because this is just what those are things that happened to me. And if other people don't hop on my miracle wagon, that's just fine. I'm always encouraged when I hear of events happening in people's lives that can, that can be called miracles. I can think of several from past generations in my family and one or two in my own life. There are other times people are hoping for a miracle and it doesn't turn out the way it does, quote, in the movies or with some of these inspirational stories. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that miracles, as well as anything spiritual, we can't set our timeline on it and say, now, you know, Lord, this is what I need, and I'm praying for this miracle, and I'm talking, but you got two hours. It doesn't work. (laughs) Because so many things that I think are miraculous, you don't know and realize it was till way later, and you look back, and then you realize the Lord had a hand in it. Thanks again to T.C. Christensen for speaking with us, and we hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode of In Good Faith.
In Good Faith is committed to the idea that we all benefit from hearing people of widely varying backgrounds share their personal experience with faith and belief. In fact, we think people with such experience deserve some of our best listening. If you enjoy the show, be sure and leave a comment or review where you get your podcasts and help spread the word. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at In Good Faith Podcast and on Twitter at In Good Faith Pod. In Good Faith is a production of BYU Radio.